the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Cannell. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. If you're watching us live or if you are watching this on YouTube, you got to see yet another banger from producer Coca. Our, our locks intros just keep getting better and better and better and better. Uh, and listen, can we handle sicko mode? I don't know. Only time will tell on that. Week four locks on deck. It's our favorite time of the week here at 11 a.m. Eastern time on a Thursday. We begin, as we always do, with a very brief recap of the week that was Tom Fernelli, a five and two week. First of all, just a just a general like round of uh, a, a little moment of gratitude as we were able to see not just our first lock infinity cash, but with flying colors, all four of us, whole squad on board to infinity and beyond. It was on that Miami, Texas A&M under 44 and a half. Never a doubt. Uh, other wins for Tom included the South Carolina team total under 14 and a half, Kansas plus nine and a half. And whoo boy, Jayhawks got it done on the field. Old Dominion plus nine and a half almost got it done on the field. Hashtag justice for Hudson and the Iowa, Nevada under 39. You had to stay up until like four in the morning through multiple weather delays. They opened up the stadium. Anybody could go in. Dogs are running around, but the cash still happened. Only losses of the week for Tom were the under 57 and a half in Florida State Louisville and then Auburn plus three. Tom, that brings you to uh, 13 and 13 on the season. Again, five and two week. Very strong job. Uh, thoughts now that you are fully done with the move and uh, and all set up in your new spot. Uh, fully done, not all set up. <laughs> so okay. there's still work left to do. You've got you know, internet. This is what this is. Yes, yeah, I have internet. Yeah, okay. don't have a washer and dryer yet. Everything else isn't really set up, but we have internet, and that's really the most important thing. Um, I'm just happy that I had a winning week, honestly, because I was 500 after the first two weeks, had a terrible week in week two. So just to have 
a nice strong week to get back to 500 i feel like you know just wipe the slate clean and get back to work and get back on the positive side because i am the only one of the four of us not including our sprinkles but just in our straight bets i'm the only one of the four of us who is currently underwater so need to need to get my head back above it listen you you are only at like eye level you know your eyes aren't underwater yet or maybe your head's tilted back and, and you're sort of gasping for air I, I think 13 and 13 is uh is a perfectly fine spot to be launching time for yeah, tom fernelli i mean you, I, you you could drown in the bathtub but like literally tom just stand up you're, you're down 1.3 <laughs> units right like like come on man you you, you got this I, this show is 20 we went 22 and 13 last week strongly 60 percent on the year Mm-hmm. Man. Strong week for this train's uh, rolling, for, boys. As uh, as the general manager of Vanderbilt football would say, the syndicate uh, is is doing well right now. Speaking of the general manager of Vanderbilt football, Vandy plus two and a half was one of my wins. Uh, again, getting in on the infinity. Also cashed Minnesota minus 27 and a half against Colorado, Washington minus three and a half against Michigan State, the Georgia Tech team total under 23 and a half. Took a loss in Maryland SMU, not exactly the basketball on grass I was expecting. And oh boy, I I had some people coming out of the woodworks to suggest that Kirby Smart and Shane Beamer are not as gentlemanly as uh as I might have thought, just based on their time together. And the way that Kirby Smart was reacting to plays even late in the game, uh, the way that the offense was still slinging it around with Carson Beck late in the game, and the fact that Shane Beamer decided that they were going to march down and try and get a touchdown right at the end, which left me with a push. I, I would say that my Kirby Smart, Shane Beamer, uh, the, the Christmas cards have been canceled. You're off the spreadsheet. You're not going to be sending them to each other. <laughs> They they told their families this is it. Uh, you're nixed, uh, and so that no longer a gentlemanly under as the Georgia South Carolina rivalry will be renewed next season. Five one and one for the week for your boys. Seventeen and eight on the season. Uh, Danny again getting in on the infinity. Also cashing that Texas A and M minus five. NC State minus ten. Great call there. Texas Tech never really had a chance against NC State's defense. Took a lock fight loss on Oklahoma and Nebraska to Bud. Uh, also lost that Florida State Louisville under and a loss on UTSA plus 12 and a half. Three and four for the week, 18 and 12 on the season. Thoughts on week three? The Florida State game got kind of wild. That's like, what can you do? The Nebraska Oklahoma could not have been more wrong on. You know, thought you'd get that last gasp effort. It looks like they threw in the towel. And on the UTSA one, I would make that bet again every time. I just goes against you. You know, yeah, yeah, I, it was yeah. tight for a long time. Yeah. I still think it was the right side to be on. And you just say, you know what? Can't win them all on that one. Like they pulled Harris. And I'm not actually sure Harris, the, the quarterback, was hurt. I just think they they had so many offensive linemen down that they didn't want to put him in jeopardy for conference season. It was sort of a all right, white flag. Let's go. Uh, Bud nine and six on the week. The wins included the Miami A and M under the lock fight win against Danny with Oklahoma minus ten. The Auburn team total under twenty three. The Georgia Tech team total under twenty three and a half. The Colorado first half. 
Team total under four and a half. That was a, a goose egg from the Buffs there against Minnesota. Also cashing some dirty wins on that Buffalo team total over 22. Louisiana Tech team total over nine and a half. Washington first half minus nine and a half. Ohio State first half minus 20. Buckeyes went and put seven, seven on the board. Uh, took some losses though. Wyoming team total first half under seven and a half. The Georgia Southern team total over 21 and a half. It looks like they uh, they left some scores maybe in Lincoln. The Cal team total under 14. The Cincinnati first half minus 13. And the Marshall minus 16 and a half. Thundering Herd did not have a good response uh, to the upset win. But nine and six on the week, you're never going to complain about that. 26 and 16 on the season. Uh, what were the big takeaways? Yeah, so I... Some bad picks, obviously. Um, you know, Maryland SMU didn't. They, they had almost a thousand yards. They didn't get there. Good, good red zone defense by Maryland on the day. Marshall, they go out fourteen nothing, two explosive touchdowns, and then they just kind of put it in cruise control and, and drove off the mountain. So not not great there. Uh, I would probably have bet Wyoming team total under again. Obviously, it lost. I I heard on the broadcast that Air Force had all these guys that had been battling illness all week and had a bunch of dudes miss the game. I don't have any way to know that. This is kind of why you try to bet a lot of games so you you take out some of that variance with volume right because i mean you can put i've been up since 4 45 this morning working on this stuff and some other stuff i'm probably not going to know that like unless you got a mole inside air force you're you're not going to know they got a lot of guys sick but uh i think we are seeing some separation at the top with these very best teams that that are just clearly better and not just the top three i think there's six or seven that are a good bit better than everybody else in the country Chats were you in the back. beer stand? Were you, yeah, I was going to say, Chats calling you. Chats calling you Bass Pro Bud. And I was going to say, 445, man. That, that was out on the boat right now. Just sort of dropped. My, my wife hates this shirt. I mean, it, this is this is very Florida. We, 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 got, we got Snook camo here, but she's not at home today. So uh, I was able to sneak sneak past her door for her home office up, up to my office. And uh, when, if my son likes to watch our show on TV sometimes later with a replay and so she'll probably turn it on and see that i wore this shirt and then give me all kinds of hell for it but <laughs> hey winners let's do it also right. danny i mean we we got to address the uh the it, you don't like <laughs> i haven't seen you address it on twitter yet i mean the there's been a lot of uh chad powers references do you are, are you out on that do, do you accept no i yeah, okay. <laughs> I accept that there is a resemblance, especially when my wife and daughter see it. And they're like my 10 year old who doesn't that she's like, dad, that kind of looks like you, you know? And there's a picture from a Halloween that I went as a Broncos cheerleader and I had a wig on and it kind of even looks more like me, but I refuse to publish that picture because then side by side, it might be twins. But if he's making this thing, do you see uh, Eli Manning's been approached like a la Ted Lasso to possibly create a series out of this thing, <laughs> out which of is nuts. Yes. Like, and that's how Ted Lasso started too. It started as like a promo for NBC, like promoting mm -hmm. premier league soccer. If they want somebody to play Chad powers, like sign me up, let's go. <laughs> I'll audition tomorrow. E Eli Manning was trying to go for arch or Archie, excuse me, not Arch, but uh, he was trying to go for Archie and he wound up with, with uh, Danny Cannell. That's, yeah, circa 98, you know, Broncos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's week three's in the books. All sights ahead on week four. Gentlemen, are y'all ready to lock it up? Let's do it. Let's do it. Since 2005, the under the games between service partners is 40 dash 
We'll hit the weeknight action and some of the big games first before we hit the break. Thursday night, we've got the battle for the Black Diamond Trophy. Uh, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Coastal Carolina, and Georgia State get their Sunbelt Conference uh, schedules started. Chattanooga uh, getting it going against Illinois. Anybody got some Thursday night action? I do. So we did the locks pod on Tuesday for these week weeknight games. Is that more like a preview thing, or do we actually give out any locks? I, I was we on get, We made picks on every game. There were okay, six games, and so we made picks on all of them throughout the show. But this is the competition, you know? Right. Like this okay. Is, got it. This is like I I I got to hear I got to hear that you're putting it on the line against us. All right. So a lot of stuff I like, uh, but because it is a competition, I'm going to go something I think will win. I'm pretty confident in this. I hope so. I'm going to take Virginia. Team total under 22 and a half. I know there's 22s, 21 and a half, but I'll take 21 and a half just, just for, for the people, right? If you, if you can't find the 22 and a half, give Virginia me under 21 Tech. and a half. No, Virginia, okay, we'll, we'll, include, we'll include Friday too. Virginia, Syracuse is oh, on Friday. Oh, Nevada Air Force, Boise, and UTEP is also on, uh, on Friday. So, yeah, we can do Thursday or Friday, whatever you got. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Virginia team total under. Um, I think Old Dominion should have beat them. I don't think their offense is any good. I could probably just call in sick for the first five minutes of the show. Every time we give this out, um, I'm going under 22 and a half yet again. Uh, anybody else got any weeknight action? I've got one Friday night game. Just I think this total is a little low. So I guess I'm going to start the show off with an over, which is against my you know brand. But I'm going to go with the over 45 and a half in Boise State, UTEP. I just think this total I want to get a weeknight game in just to, you know, get the blood flowing. I don't think this is tremendous value, but I think this is about three and a half points too low. So give me the over 45 and a half. Okay. Anybody else getting on that? It's an interesting pick. I, I can see where Tom's going with that because I feel like UTEP tries to throw these bombs and Boise has been a really good defensively, but they've been a little bit leaky on the explosive pass stuff. So, if they hit one, you think this goes over, basically. Because, like, mm-hmm. New Mexico State hit two. They, they had the bomb. Danny was calling this game, and then they had the pass interference yep. they drew. I, I could see it. It's, it's not enough for me to play it, but I, I, is, I assume that's what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Very much. <laughs> I was going to bring Snake UTEP. I, Boise Scott, they're a little off. I'm not going to take it, but I, if I was going to take a side in this one, I would take UTEP in the points. I was gonna say this is the we we don't get this often early in the season, but you could just do the uh, the dummy logic, which listen, dummy logic hits you know forty percent of the time. It's like Steph Curry three pointer. Um, what is it? Boise beat New Mexico by seventeen. New Mexico beat UTEP by seventeen. <laughs> Boise by thirty four. Like, I just I don't, I don't understand. We've we've got the trend. Flawless math. I mean, yeah. <laughs> can't argue it. Uh, all right, that's a. Uh, if, it, if any other Thursday or Friday night game, I, let's, I've got something that um, might be coming a little bit later that we'll touch on that. All right, let's turn the page into Saturday's action. Let's look first at ranked on ranked in the noon slate. Number five, Clemson going to Winston-Salem, going to the, the 
it's not the big ATM. I, I don't I don't think we can call uh you know Truist Field the big ATM, but it's it's a well stocked, well funded ATM that they've got right there uh, in Winston Salem. The Demon Deacons, a seven point underdog, fifty five and a half is the total. Anybody going to make a play here? Chip, Tigers. Are you making a play, Chip? Okay, heck yeah, a hundred percent. Clemson's won 13 straight in this series, every single one since 2009, and every game since 2012 has been double digits. Like, there's a very simple, um, like, you cannot overcome certain aspects in a football matchup, and Clemson's defensive line, which has been as important, if not more important, to Clemson's success in the playoff era than the quarterback and the wide receivers, you know, which clearly Clemson is not up to the championship standard right now with their quarterback or their wide receivers – Defensive line is still ferocious, and that's where things go poorly for Wake Forest. You know, they came out in this matchup last year, and this is the Wake Forest team that went 7-1 and one in ACC play, beat everybody else but Clemson, won the Atlantic Division. But in this game, you could just tell right off the bat, first like couple series, I think it was uh, David Hale had this note. It was like out of the first 15 plays, um, there were five tackles for loss, and 10 or 11 of them went for either no or negative yards. I mean, you can hold that mesh point. You can try to freeze the linebackers, but you don't have any time when that Clemson defensive line is sticking their paws in the mesh point and starting to you know, blow up everything that you want to accomplish. I don't think that this Wake Forest team, which basically had to abandon the run against Liberty last week, is going to be able to hold Clemson back. Plus, plus, you guys know, uh, anybody got a Krispy Kreme near them? Oh, yeah. You guys know about the hot light? About yeah, lights on, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Unique motivation. It is a recent tradition, but one that started with two-time national champion uh, Christian Wilkins, at least was brought to my attention. His desire, his love of Krispy Kreme has created a you win, you get donuts team motivation. There are like locker room dancing videos after winning in Winston-Salem where everyone's got the Krispy Kreme hats on that you can get if you take your kids to an actual Krispy Kreme and everybody's just got donuts on their fingers. Krispy Kreme originated in Winston-Salem. They want those donuts. Clemson gets this thing done early, cruises to a win. They win by double digits again, just like they have every year since 2012. You're muted. Hey, go. is that lock agreement button hot and ready? Because lock agreement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Liberty stuffed 40% of Wake Forest runs for zero or negative yards. Liberty. Liberty, Liberty. Yeah. Okay. So. Liberty, Liberty. Liberty. Yeah. Uh, Clemson is getting a lot of guys back on defense this week that they held out against Louisiana Tech. That's one of the reasons that I played that La Tech uh, team total. So. Uh, yeah, they, I think, will abuse Wake Forest offensive line and win by double digits. So Wake is not going to win the game. I got to play. Okay. Give me the under. Yep. I, for all the reasons you guys say, I, you know, Wake Forest defense has been bad. Let's see if Clemson can go out there. They've sputtered out of every single game, and they've been able to pull away. And, you know, I've had some Clemson fans, you know, hit me up. Well, they're still averaging 41 a game. Uh, it has not been pretty. The thing is still not where they need it to be or anywhere close to there, and I'm with you on them shutting down Wake Forest offense as well, or at least holding them in check. So I think this will be under the 55 and a half. 
Boy Under it, rides again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, the the it's like of their first half touchdowns, of which they don't have many, one of them is a defensive score. I mean, it is it it has not been uh fast starting at all for the Clemson Tigers. All right, let's uh also in that noon slate, we've got uh, Michigan and Maryland. We've got Georgia at Kent State. Uh, anybody getting in on either of those two uh, big games with big spreads for top five teams? I've got one. All right. Give me Michigan. Lay it. This is just Maryland is a very simple team. Maryland beats the teams it should beat most of the time. And then Maryland plays the teams it's not supposed to beat, and it gets killed by them. Um, Maryland, it's it's outscored its opponents 121 to 58 so far. But if you look back, let's just go back to last season. Maryland played uh, Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. They lost all five games and were outscored 247 to 84. <laughs> Michigan beat it 59 to 18. Michigan has won six straight in this series by a combined score of 261 to 59. That is an average margin of 33.7 points per game. Talia is the kind of YOLO QB who his, his chances work out against lesser teams, but when he faces a good defense, he doesn't get away with nearly half the crap he gets away with against other teams. Michigan is a very good defense. They will put pressure on him. He will panic. He will throw the ball to the Wolverines. The Wolverines will roll, lay it. I, what's the best I can get it at now? I got it at 16 and a half the other day, but it is best I can find it. Except, all right, give me this Michigan minus 16 and a half. No, no, no. Go CLV chips. Uh, don't ask for the worst number. That's how yeah, confident I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels uh, like last year. Yeah. 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 For oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't have much to add. Um, real quickly, how many passes has McCarthy thrown this year? Ooh, off the top of my head, 15? I'm going to say <laughs> 34. Okay. How many passes has Michigan thrown this year? 40. 74. Okay. okay. Michigan's offense is not properly rated by these computer systems out there because. They have been playing everybody. They played like 98 guys against Hawaii. They played a bunch of people against UConn. When McCarthy's in there, they are much better than Maryland. Michigan, lay them. Love it. All right, into the uh, 330 slate, another ranked on ranked. Tennessee has lost 16 of the last 17 to Florida. And I know Tennessee fans have loved to hear that all week. 16 of the last 17, 16 of the last 17. And bad Florida teams have found ways to win this game. Knoxville sees blood in the water. The Vols are 10.5-point favorites over under a 62. Anybody making a play in the SEC on CBS Game of the Week? Yes. Yes. All right, go. Let's hear it. I want the under in the first half, all right, which sits at 32. I think Tennessee is going to try to go absolutely crazy fast because, as we've covered on this podcast a couple times, the defense for Florida does not have much depth. However, I really don't think Florida is going to score a lot in this game uh, because their passing game is terrible. And I think Anthony Richardson happens to be hurt. If you watch the second play of the Kentucky game, when that linebacker dives into him, he does not look like he has the same juice running that he had against Utah. And I, I think that's when the injury happened because he got up and he was limping around pretty bad. I think Florida is going to play service academy slow for as long as it can in this game until it is no longer feasible, which is why I prefer the first half under as opposed to the full game under, because at some point 
they're probably going to have to start chucking it around if Tennessee is moving it. However, I think variance could be on our side as well here. I like Florida's corners. Tillman might be out for Tennessee, the receiver who got hurt last week against Akron, and Florida will probably challenge Tennessee to hit those one-on-one deep shots. If UF wins a couple of those, uh, I actually think they can keep this thing somewhat close in the first half, and close in the first half means low scoring because they certainly will not be you know, it, it won't be 21-20 at the end of the first half unless Richardson is just much healthier than I think he is. So under 32, uh, I'm not going to take that 32-and-a-half number. That's kind of a rogue, I think. If, if I can't bet there, I'm not going to take it. Under 32 for me. I am in half agreement with you in that Ooh. I am taking the full game under at 62-and-a-half for many of the same reasons you do. I think that Florida offensively knows that its best chance to stay in this game is to going to be controlling the clock and limiting possessions because even though the Gators are decent enough defensively, like you said, they don't have a ton of depth, so they do not want to be out there for 80 to 90 plays. They want to keep Tennessee's offense out there as limited as possible. I also think, you know, like my biggest question about the Vols coming into the year was the defense because it was horrible last year. It's still not what I would consider a good defense, but I think it is improving. It has played better so far, so I'm going to give the Vols defense a little more credit here in being able to stop a Florida offense that really, outside that Utah game, and even in that Utah game, outside of some crazy Anthony Richardson stuff, was not overly impressive to me. I don't think Florida's going to be able to do a ton offensively. I think Florida's going to try to limit what Tennessee can do offensively, and I think that total is just a little bit too high, so under 62.5. I like the way both of you guys are thinking. Um, there's a part of me that's nervous if Florida makes a change at quarterback and it could happen in the second half. So that's why I'm a little bit nervous about that. But Chip mentioned this earlier in the season, Tennessee, one of the best teams coming out of the gate, right? They're playing at home. It's going to be a crazy crowd. Josh Heupel, I don't know if he scripts the first 15 plays or what they do. They practice them over and over, but they are outscoring their opponents 228 to 61 in the first quarter. Give me Tennessee minus three and a half first quarter line. Yeah, no, we've given him an Oscar. Um, We've given him an Emmy. We've given him a Screenwriters Guild Award. He is the best script writer uh, in in college football right now. Uh, I 100% think that that has to contribute to the way that Tennessee has outscored its opponents in the first quarter over the last couple of years. I've got no lock here. I think this game is going to be stupid. I think this game is not going to make any sense. And I have, I, I, it, it smells like too many daggum points, but not because Florida's good. Does that make sense? Yes, I'm live blogging it, so I hope it lives up to your expectations. (laughs) Or you hope Tennessee runs away with it. Well, yeah, but I hope it's stupid and I'm done writing by, you know, with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I just got to plug in some stats that I can be like, ah, enjoy that sweet new deck at the new pad, man. That's right. right. Yeah, that's we'll we'll start to do it like an MTV Cribs uh, cover three episode where you can just sort of take us around the house and you can show us everything. Jump on the bed and say, "And this is where the magic happens." Like they do. I was originally I was originally planning to do the show out there today, but the dog has to be out there because there's so many people in the house and she'll be barking at them like crazy. So I couldn't do it out there. But I'm going to do a show from out there at some point. Frankie Locks coming soon. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. 
With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Also in that mid-afternoon window, I... This was the game that, as we mentioned uh, on the Instant Reaction show and as, as we sort of uh, apologized for later, just total whiff on Oregon BYU. I think, Buddy, you mentioned to a listener on Twitter, it probably spoke to how little confidence uh, this entire syndicate had in trying to make an official lock on this game. So I at least want to give the Ducks uh, an opportunity to be mentioned here on this week's locks episode. They are just six and a half point favorites in Pullman coming off that impressive win against the Cougars. The Washington State off to a 3-0 start. Obviously, they've got that road win against Wisconsin under their belt. Cam Ward with eight touchdowns so far on the season. Does anybody have a lock for Oregon Wazoo? I do. Ooh. So the best number I can get here is on this thing. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll fill for a second as I search for this number. One of the reasons I didn't bet Oregon BYU last week is because we really weren't sure who was going to play for BYU. Would would would, would Puka play? Right? Would would Romney play? They're also their best defensive end and their best defensive tackle, or, or at least their most experienced. Would, would those guys play? Uh, neither of them played. So I do think that probably helped Oregon uh, in its quest to run the ball as well as it did. And uh, I'm not really sure they're going to be able to run the ball quite as well against Oregon State, but I do think that or, or against Washington State rather. But I think that. Oregon's defense is pretty quality. Uh, Georgia aside, they've, they've looked decent. And Cam Ward has not really hit the ground running. I think part of that's because Washington's, Washington State's offensive line is maybe not that great. So I'm going to play under 57 and a half here, guys. Lock it up. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Bo Nix on the road. I think that'll select uh, – slow down Oregon's offense a little bit. I think the dominance over BYU was probably a little bit um, um, a direct result of what Bud was talking about. And it's been a great story for Washington State. You know, the fact they went to Wisconsin, but they didn't put up a lot of points in that game. They're still kind of figuring their way out offensively. I like the under in this one too. Think fast, lock fast. Think fast, lock fast. (laughs) Think fast, lock fast. (laughs) Um, All right, and then we go into the primetime slate. Number 10, Arkansas at number 20. Not at, excuse me. We are in uh, Jerry World, AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. Uh, Arkansas, number 10 in the country. Texas A&M, number 23 in the country. Texas A&M, a two-point favorite over under of 48 and a half. And anybody want to come on? Because woo pig suey. We will take the Razorbacks. We will take those points. But I'll tell you, I think Arkansas wins this game. Does anybody remember the way that last year's game in this very site between these two very these very two teams happened? Oh yeah, Arkansas mm-hmm. got up seventeen to three at halftime and sat on their chest like a bully. Yeah, said we don't think you can score. We don't trust your offense. 
And in this year's matchup, there is a flaw in Arkansas's defense that we have discussed a lot that because of injury issues, you can pick apart the secondary. You can find some success through the air. And I think that's what we saw from Missouri State and Bobby Petrino just last week, or at least, you know, one aspect of why that game was so much closer than many expected. Texas A&M doesn't have that. Like Texas A&M is missing the one piece that it needs to really be able to take advantage of Arkansas. Now let's compare the offenses because clearly with KJ Jefferson, Raheem Sanders, like there are a lot of explosive options on this Arkansas Razorbacks offense. Texas A&M does not have those same kind of explosive options. I like Arkansas to be able to win this game. So I'll take the plus two because you know, an under, I don't hate either. I do think that we could see something that would be at least flirt with this, you know, 48, 49 kind of score. And so I'll, I'll take the two points just in case it comes down to a field goal or something tight, but I, I really like Arkansas to be able to play out something similar where they dare, uh, they, they load up against the run. They dare Max Johnson to try to beat them over the top and Max Johnson and this Texas A&M passing attack just doesn't have it. So I like Arkansas to win. Give me the two or a two and a half if it's out there. I can get you two and a half. Let's go. You guys ever played Mike Tyson punch out as a kid? <laughs> yes. I, miss, I miss, I mean, like I'm aware of it culturally, but I personally did not play it. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't allowed to have the, uh, the video games in the house. till we got to the 64. Yeah. We were not allowed to have video games with blood. So we had to hide Mortal Kombat up underneath the, the, the drawer, right? Like down for a backpack high kick. I, I, we, we couldn't keep cheat codes around the house either. You, you had to memorize the fatality codes if you wanted to. That, that's Luke Kang's dragon, I'm pretty sure. Um, shout out mom if you're watching. Pretty much turned me into a total degenerate. So in, in Tyson's punch out, you'd have to fight, you'd have to fight King Hippo, right? And and like mm-hmm. he, he was pretty much impenetrable until until he revealed his weakness and then then you could pop him. I think that is Arkansas's weakness, and I'm not really sure AM exploits it. But one thing I am sure of is they're about the size of King Hippo. Cody Kennedy's Arkansas offensive line coach. He's doing a great job there. They push everybody around. This is one of the more underrated offensive lines in the country. That quarterback they have is really big and hard to sack. And I think they're going to go over their team total of 23. I think they score closer to 30, maybe even into the 30s on a ms defense. I don't like App State's passing attack, and I hate Miami's passing attack. So I don't think a has seen a passing attack worth a damn yet. And it might be ugly, maybe a low completion percentage, high yards per catch type thing, but I'll hit, I think they'll hit an explosive or two. I think they can run the ball on AM's defense. I don't hate Chip's pick, but I just like the over 23 team total a little bit better. Mm, might I have also, something on this later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in the primetime slate, We've got Wisconsin as an 18 and a half point dog in Columbus against Ohio State over under a 57. Anybody got a lock for Ohio State and Wisconsin? My my only one here. You have one? Yeah, I, I don't I have a have lock. One. I have thoughts, yeah. Okay. Lay them. Like yeah. this, yeah, without <laughs> a doubt. Ohio State's in a dangerous place right now. I I was um a little bit disturbed. I mean, it was kind of like sick what the Buckeyes were doing last week. You, you didn't have to do that. I mean, you were trying to make a statement. You were really trying to flex your guns right there. I think that ultimately, though, this isn't because Wisconsin's not going to be able to stop Ohio State's offense. I think this comes down to Ohio State's defense. Where Ohio State's defense, which I do believe that, you know, what we've seen, uh, even though like 
quality competition. We don't have a lot of data points right now. I think that group is improved, and I think they're going to look at Wisconsin, and they are going to think that Wisconsin is not a threat to move the ball through the air. They're going to load up the box. They're going to do whatever they can to stop Braylon Allen, and they're going to dare Graham Mertz to be able to beat them with the passing attack. And I just think that this is one of those games where even if Wisconsin has a really good game plan to limit the explosive plays that over the course of four quarters, Ohio State's able to run away with this thing. They wear down Wisconsin's defense over time to be able to cover this big number. But I just don't think that a, an improved Ohio State defense is intimidated at all by what Wisconsin poses offensively. And this, again, the Buckeyes, man, they're, they're fine-tuning this engine right now. And, and I think that this is one of those opponents. It's one of the four or five toughest opponents on the schedule if you want to get yourself ready for michigan if you want to get yourself ready for the college football playoff like this is one of those games that you don't you don't hold anything back you you finish the badgers uh, and you get it done by a big number so i'm laying the 18 and a half with ohio state um we've seen this game already there's notre this, dame which is why we gotta fight yes fight fight Fight, fight. I'm not, I, this offense is phenomenal. We thought it was going to go out there and there was no way that they were going to be held to less than 40 against Notre Dame. Jim Leonard's defense, one of the better ones in the Big Ten. Watch out for Nick Herbert. He's a stud for the Wisconsin Badgers. And I think this game could be a, a little bit similar offensively to what you saw Notre Dame try to do against Ohio State, too. Now, I don't think they're going to put up a lot of points. I'd probably lean the under in this one, too, for this reason. But that's too many points. It's going to be a lot of Braylon Allen. Graham Mertz concerns me a little bit. The pick six late could be one that could burn me. But give me all them points in the Badgers. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I would wait till closer to game time. I'm not locking anything up here, Chip. I lean more towards your side. But I would take a player prop on Graham Mertz's over on interceptions. That's the one bet I'd be looking to make in this one because like his numbers so far, because I had to write a preview post for this game for the site and I was just breaking stuff down and his numbers overall look good, but they came in, you know, Wisconsin's two cupcake games against Wazoo. He looked exactly like the Graham Mertz he's been the last few years, which is just short throws and turnover where he throws and just bad decisions. And I think going against this Ohio State defense, which is probably going to get more pressure on him than anybody else he's faced so far, it's going to lead to problems. So I would take the over on Mertz's interception prop if you could find one. Can I can I read something? Um, this is this comes from a Wisconsin fan on Reddit. Shout out to Reddit CFB on Twitter. Um, the From Reddit, a Wisconsin fan predicts how the Badgers will do against Ohio State. Braylon Allen powers his way into the end zone with 10 seconds left. Chris goes for two. Designed pass to the tight end. Mertz rolls out, passes it to the tight end just as he's hit. Mertz looks up and sees that they've done it. They got the two-point conversion. All of Wisconsin celebrates with two more brandy old fashions. Ohio State wins 70 to 8. <laughs> They're not putting up 70 out of Wisconsin, a lot but of yes. Confidence coming from the Badgers right now. Um, all right, we got let's let's go ahead. Number seven, USC at Oregon State in Corvallis. Jonathan Smith and Oregon State have a very good track record of being able to cover as an underdog. Um, this is an upset spot that a lot of people have circled for Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and this surging Trojans team. Again, favored by six and a half, over under of 70. Anybody taking a pick here in USC, Oregon State? 
or making a lock, USC, Oregon State. I'm fascinated by this game. I have nothing I want to bet on it, though. I I took a small piece at seven that this thing opened, but I just I'm not taking under a touchdown against this USC offense. Uh, the stud tied in for Oregon State, who I should have just put this in my notes. He's out, uh, so that that kind of hurts. The game script for this clearly has to be Oregon State running the ball behind an excellent offensive line, playing keep away from the Trojans. Uh, Oregon State's pay, like played one good passing attack so far in Fresno, and honestly, like Fresno sucks in the red zone. So if Fresno was any good in the red zone, they could have scored more points on the Beavs. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not playing. I, I know we probably want some thoughts on it. Uh, those are my thoughts. If seven pops again, I'll, I'll I'll snag some more seven, but nothing now. Danny, um, I made a principled bet to myself. I wouldn't fade USC anymore until I saw it. Like I, I haven't been a believer, and I'm starting to become a believer. I still think this is a place they could actually lose the game, and I would lean toward the Beavers in Corvallis. It's a fun place to play. It's it's a it'll be hostile, but I it's just principle. I, I gotta I gotta make sure I have a principle on this one, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against the Trojans again for until I see it, till I see flaws. I'll stand on that island. Let's go. USC minus six and a half. I I think that we are um we we are trying to wish this as some kind of upset spot. We we are trying to create some drama, and I don't think there's going to be drama for USC. Uh I've said all along they're gonna be undefeated heading into the Utah game, and that would be the first time that we'd start to really drum up the the drama. I think that while Oregon State is obviously off to an awesome three and zero start. It has not been perfect the entire time. You know they got off to the fast start, but then kind of sat on it and cruised into a win against Boise State. They went in and stole Fresno State's cookies. But I think that stopping USC and going blow for blow. I mean, we're looking at an over under win total of seventy. There is a belief that Oregon State's going to be able to move the ball against USC. That I don't think that they can keep up. And under six and a half is a an advantageous position to be able to take a team that I feel pretty confident is going to be able to get uh, out of there with a win. So give me USC minus six and a half. No, sir. I'm going to give you five and a half because (laughs) while we've been talking, it's five and a half now. So uh, a lot of beaver believers out there. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to give them out as a sprinkle too. And now I'm not because it looks like that's getting hit. Yeah. I mean, listen, this should... It, sh- should I just go total CLV chip and ask for the worst number I can get? Can, can, I, can I take it at, at six and a half anyway? No, I'll, I'll, I mean, take, I'll take the five and a half if I can get it. Looks um, like Caesars is going to five and a half. Uh, FDDK, Penny, Cirque, uh, BOL, Chris, they're all going to five and a half. I, I, I think we've got to give you five and a half, man. If you like Oregon or if you like Oregon State, you better hurry. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen, listen to this pod as opposed to watching us live. I love it. Standing on the other side of the line movement. Ooh, it makes me feel so good. Makes makes me know that I've truly got conviction. That's how much we believe in our grind. So yeah, we'll we'll go with USC right there. Coming up on the other side, more of our week four locks and our money line sprinkles next. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Quick review of what the board's looking like right now. Tom with three plays. He's got the Boise UTEP over 45 and a half. That's a Friday night game on the Mothership CBS Sports Network. Michigan minus 16 and a half and the Florida Tennessee under 62 and a half. I'm out there with Clemson minus seven, Arkansas plus two and a half, USC minus five and a half and Ohio State minus 18 and a half. That is a lock fight with Danny. Danny taking the Wisconsin plus 19, also throwing in some Oregon-Washington State under 57 and a half. That Tennessee, Josh Heupel script, first quarter minus three and a half, and then the under 55 and a half in Wake Clemson. Bud, so far on Clemson minus seven, Michigan minus 16 and a half, Oregon-Washington State under 57 and a half, the first half under 32 in Florida-Tennessee, the team total under 21 and a half for Virginia against Syracuse, and the Arkansas team total over 23 against Texas A&M. All right, we got the most, not all of the ranked action, but a lot of the big games out of the way. Board is wide open. Tom Fernelli, where do you want to go? Uh, I'm going to go back to a well I've gone to the last few weeks. Taking the Jayhawks. <laughs> Can't, I am once again asking you to trust Kansas football. Believe in Kansas. Listen, the market's catching up, but it's still not quite on. And this is a Duke team that, like Kansas, it's not getting nearly as much attention, but it is also 3-0, and and it is another one of those traditional basketball schools that is off to an exciting start. But there's a huge difference in what Kansas and Duke have done. Kansas has won consecutive road games against West Virginia and Houston. Houston, a team that was expected to compete for the American and possibly a New Year's six spot. Duke is 3-0, but its wins have come against Temple and Northwestern, who might prove to be two of the worst FBS teams in the country, specifically on offense, and an FCS opponent in North Carolina A&T, which has traditionally been a pretty decent FCS program, but it's still an FCS program. Duke hasn't proven anything to me yet. And while I think that Mike Elko has done an excellent job to start, and I think that that defense is good, or at least going in the right direction, this Kansas offense is for real. We have talked about it. It is explosive. They put you in spots. They move around. They get you confused. You lose your gap, and then bam, it's a 30-yard pickup right behind you. And they've been doing it consistently since halfway through last year. They've been doing it consistently this season. And I think against Duke, they're going to do it again. It's going to be different this time because they're favored. They're not the underdogs, but I think they're going to win this game by about 10. And I think the best number I see is still seven and a half. I don't know if it's gone down anywhere to seven, but give me Kansas minus seven and a half. Believe in Kansas. Yeah, it's actually seven at a good number of places, Tom. Cool. Let's do it. Uh, Danny, why don't you, uh, why don't you, why don't you rock out a couple right now? I'll go, let's go to the battle for the iron skillet where TCU is headed to SMU. A couple of new coaches. There's obviously a lot of ties in there. Sonny Dykes has got to go. Literally his house is on the campus at SMU. I'm assuming he sold it since he's moved across town to take the TCU head job. Rhett Lashley takes over SMU. Give me. The Mustangs as the home dog in this one. I think they've been tested more. They're coming off a loss to Maryland. TCU has only played Colorado and Tarleton State. This will be their first test. This is a game SMU won last year uh, outright. 
So if I can get them here as a home dog, I'll go ahead and take it all day long. Fight. Fight. Oh. Fight. 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 Frogs. Yeah. Fro- oh, you on too? Bar fight? Yep. Okay. Bar fight. So, bar fight. <laughs> um, bud, you, you, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I, I like TCU's ability to be explosive. Uh, I think they'll score a lot of points. Uh, SMU uh, last week they ran like 96 plays and were not very good. In the red zone, their run game doesn't look all that special. I don't know that SMU's pass rush uh, is going to slow down TCU all that much. Not sure TCU's pass rush will slow down SMU all that much, but I uh, I trust Sonny Dykes to get this one done. So go ahead and give me the frogs. SMU doesn't have a player like Quentin Johnston. Like at, like the overall skill talent level, I I trust TCU more than I trust SMU uh, in this game. I it's a short number, and I I absolutely love it. Love also encouraged to have Bass Pro Bud on my side right now. Uh, that's that's how you be able to bring it home. That's how you be able to beef up that uh, beef up that bankroll. All right, what, Danny. What'd you guys use for home field here, by the way? Zero. Yeah, I think yeah. it's zero. I mean, like it's gonna be like a neutral site crowd. It's just across town. I mean, it's two small schools too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Danny. What else? Let's go. Uh, all right. Did you guys know Bama's won twenty-two straight? Against our buddy Bud and the Commodores. Uh, they lead the series 16 to 1 in Tuscaloosa. Vandy has scored 28 points in the last five uh matchups combined. Alabama beat 50 uh Vanderbilt 59 nothing the last time they played. But this isn't your father's Vanderbilt. This is Barton Simmons and Clark Lee's Vanderbilt getting 40 and a half. Give me all those points. And A.J. Swan throwing four touchdowns last week. This has backdoor cover written all over it. I think Vandy will have some success throwing the football. They've got a quarterback who can take advantage of it. We saw Texas be a little bit more aggressive. But 40 and a half, that's too many against this Vandy team, which has showed renewed fight for uh first time since 2017. They've been three and one. Let's go. Look, I could see them backdoor this, but they have no pass rush I'm at a all. Friend. I'm a little friend. Yeah. <laughs> Clark Lee's a good Vandy guy. Though. Nick Saban doesn't want to beat up on him too bad. You know, Arkansas on deck on a road trip. Yeah. Get Bryce Young right, out of there. More. A mill row play. Go. I got another one for you. Florida State's playing BC at home. Student section sold out. This is a game previous years. You'd be like, oh, take all those points. BC's coming to town. Like uh, Florida State will overlook them. They'll play down to the level of competition. Not this Florida State team. I think they absolutely roll in this one with or without Jordan Travis, who has looked better at practice. He was out there. I th- Bud, do you think he plays? It, it, on Sunday, I would have told you definitely not. On Thursday, I'm going to tell you maybe. Like legitimately. Right. I saw the video. You know, we've seen the video, which congrats to the guy moving around pretty well. <laughs> but here's the all, here's the other thing, guys. Uh, Daniel will tell you, but he's probably watching this. We, we got a hurricane coming ne- next weekend. So there's a chance that Wake Forest game gets canceled or moved, right? And they have a bye week in three weeks after Clemson. So maybe you could slot it in there or you know, end the season something. If you think that's going to happen and you think you can beat BC without Jordan Travis, maybe you rest him up, get him two more weeks of rest because then you got to go at NC State host Clemson. And that that two-week stretch kind of decides the Atlantic unless you think Wake's for real, and I don't. So I don't know, man. Like 
he looks fairly healthy. I got one more, and then I get a bounce. Don't forget I've to been send known your money to be, line. I will. I'll put him in there. I've been known to be the undertaker, but I got to balance things out. I got to take an over. Ole Miss is playing Tulsa, and Tulsa's offense, number one in the country, Davis Brin, 11 touchdowns. He's got 1,206 yards passing. We know Ole Miss is going to get theirs, but I think Tulsa is going to get theirs as well late. Give me the over, Ole Miss Tulsa. Where is it? 60? I wrote it down. 65 and a half over all day long. I could see it. We do have a dentist play in this. What's, you know, yeah. what's the dentist play? By the way, the, the, the dentist is evolving. Like, I, I don't know. Like I think he's becoming an orthodontist now. He went with a <laughs> Ole Miss first half play, guys. Ole Miss first half. He's laying at 12 and a half with the Rebs. And then Cruz, because you've got yeah. big game on deck. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, been Kentucky listening to you after you after you fired off all the uh, <laughs> first half look ahead plays. The dentist is like, "Ooh, okay, we can add this. We can expand our practice. You know, we can we can really start to you know bring in more customers here. Yeah, I'm, start doing some cosmetic dentistry, maybe. You know, doing yeah. He's you want to shave teeth too? I mean, we're not just straightening <laughs> out. We can we can get you looking tight. Uh, all right, I can I can respect that. Dentist on the first half. Danny taking the uh, full game over from Ole Miss and Tulsa. It's a good Ole Miss defense. Somebody, I, this has got to be wrong. I'm looking at win bet shows 62. That's got to be just a miss a calc, uh, typo, right? Everyone has 65 or 65 and a half. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Win bet, but I'm pretty sure he's not. So 65 is the number we're going with. Yeah, I can get you 65. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, All right, I'm gonna drop my sprinkles in the chat. Okay, cool. I'm gonna take a step. Later, Ames. boy. Under. <laughs> Do we in Ames, Iowa, on Saturday? I mean, yes. Are there going to be 13 mile an hour winds? Sure. And does it get a little swirly around there? Absolutely. But I, I don't even need for that to be the reason why I'm on that Baylor Iowa State under because. You know, we always talk about Matt Campbell in these lines. You know, we don't like him as a favorite. We do like him as a dog. But what we really love is that when we have these t- these tight little lines, they just Iowa State plays it tight. In fact, these games with tight spreads end up going under so frequently. Iowa State's got a very good defense, the best in the Big 12 in terms of total defense and scoring defense. And Baylor right now has injuries at the running back position and a pretty good defense themselves. I see this absolutely playing out where it is like 17-14, 21-17. So I, I'm looking at, what do we get, 45 and a half? We're still north of that yep. key number. Mm-hmm. Wind is just icing on the cake here. The matchup is what has me uh, looking at Baylor-Iowa State under the way that Matt Campbell's team is taking care of business right now makes them one of my favorite under teams, one that I'm going to look for every single week. And uh, number ain't caught up yet, so let's go. Baylor-Iowa State under. Let the children rejoice. Mm. covered most of it same reason just expect it to be a lower scoring game it's going to be an old-fashioned big 12 slugfest 
<laughs> well, this is the new Big 12. It's not yeah. your father's Big 12. We no. play in swirling winds, and we just run the ball, and we just don't make mistakes. So yeah, I'm I am looking. Uh, I'm I'm definitely looking for that to be the case um, in Ames. Let's I got one here, real All quick, right. and it it just kind of ties into what y'all do. Baylor is not hitting explosive plays until they do. I will probably be betting their team total unders against anybody who has a pulse on defense, which I think Iowa State does. Give me under twenty one and a half Baylor team total. I obviously I like it. Uh, here we go. This is uh this is from the Bear Chris Felica at ESPN. He says 14 of the last 15 games have gone under the total when Matt Campbell is the coach and the spread is between minus three and a half to plus three and a half. The man plays it tight. And that is what I expect. We will see uh, again right here. And I got a couple left. How, how are we looking on, on everybody else's card? I've got five left. I think I have between two and 12, depending on on how how lucky I feel. I guess, I guess. I, the show's running long. I'll just give. Get, oh, do you want to you want just go, go ahead and hit that sicko mode drop and fire off that the whole dirty ones? Yeah, okay. yeah, let's do it. Oh, there we go. It's the other blue button. It's time for sicko mode. Let's go. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. All right, so interesting one here. I, I'm waiting, clearly, and the, the, the chat is calling this out, obviously, uh, but I am waiting on the UConn-NC State-UConn first-half team total under because even if it's a half, I will, be, I will be betting on NC State to shut them out. I think the, distribu- like, the distribution there is different than the mean score. If you, if you think about it, like, yes, they'll score seven sometimes, but they'll score zero a lot of the time. Uh, however, I am going to do a different play here. I'm going to go... To Virginia, and we had this team last week in the Sprinkles, and I think that Old Dominion has played three pretty solid defenses in Virginia Tech, Virginia, whose defense is improved from last year, and uh, now I'm forgetting the third team that Old Dominion played, but like they were all pretty good defenses in, in my notes here. Arkansas State's defense is not one of those defenses that are good. They are actually one of the worst defenses in the entire country, but Arkansas State can score a little bit. Uh, they should have their full complement of receivers, so I'm going to be playing the over 56 and a half in Arkansas State Old Dominion. I think this number should start with a six, not a five. So give me the over. Like it. No uh, no real argument from me here. Uh, I'm going to jump out the gate with this, going back to the well. No EJ Smith. I don't think that Stanford's going to be in an upset spot. I'll go ahead and lay the two touchdowns with Washington. Number ain't caught up. It's a good football team, and Stanford doesn't have the horses to be able to keep up with Michael Penix, who's on an absolute roll right now. I I actually spent some time this week really meditating on the idea of how how great it must feel to be a Washington wide receiver here in 2022. I mean, just after everything that you've been through in the last couple of seasons, like the the, the shackles have been thrown off, and you are allowed to just have so much more exercise on a Saturday. Your heartbeat is getting up. You're just living a healthy <laughs> Your step year. count up. <laughs> Your step count is up. I mean, that's a, a real shout out to the Washington uh, wide receivers who are just living a much better, you know, physical, mental, emotional life uh, here with Kalen DeBoer as the head coach. Uh, we got this a shade under two touchdowns. I'll, I'll go ahead and snag Washington and uh, and, and rock with the, uh, the Big Penix energy. I've got nothing there. I can get you 13 and a half, though. You don't have to lay the full 14. So. Sweet. 
Let's do it. Uh, I don't. I don't have a sicko mode drop, but I've got a play that's disgusting, and apparently you guys are all cowards because none Mexico of you have State taken it. Minus four and a half. No, 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 no. It is the under thirty-four and a half in Iowa Rutgers. Come on, I don't even care if it's the right play. I'm not betting the anything else besides the under in an Iowa Rutgers game. There might be more punts than points. Give it to me. You gonna lock agreement? No. Okay. <laughs> I I did Cowards. think about this. Cowards. Shame I, them, chat. Shame I really want to fight you. Are you going? Are you going under this? This is like the lowest total we've had in years, especially like non-service academy edition. No, no, no. I'm I'm waiting for it to get a 33. I don't want it at 34. 34 is too high. I want to see it at 33. I, I go, will bet over at 33. I want to go sure. all if on it, 29. <laughs> Alt line 28. Let's go. <laughs> I I will definitely do that. I'm going to outline some stuff for sure. Yeah. I got a couple things that are like, I kind of have a certain threshold for locks, you know, and there's a couple things I like that I'll probably just play small. I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this. So. Are you, are you, why, why don't you just, why don't you just go ahead and fight it, bud? Come on. No, because it's not a direct fight and people will give me hell for giving up more team totals and blah, 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 blah. I will say the matchup of punters in this game is tremendous. So I think the way that Tom loses this, if he does, is that everybody gets terrible field position the entire time, and they have turnovers in their own end. And when the total is only 34, field goals add up. We only need three touchdowns and four field goals to get over this, right? No, that's actually that stays under. We need five field goals. We can get five field goals. I mean, how many Iowa drives? Are 17, Rutgers six. Calling my shot. There's your final score. 17 to six. How about 24-13 with a Rutgers defensive score? Nah. That's the other danger. These offenses suck six. so bad. Like, 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 I mean, defensive scores are kind of random, but 17 to 6. Mm, how random are they in this? <laughs> are there any uh 13s left on the board for Kansas State? Uh because last this is this is the because college yeah. football. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's two. let's go ahead. Kansas State plus thirteen. Obviously, if this game was in Manhattan and not Norman, you'd like it a lot more. But the because college football is is a Kansas State special where you just lay a complete egg the week before you play Oklahoma, and then you come back. And historically, there are examples of Kansas State then turning it into an outright win. I don't think that is in store here, but I do think that the loss to Tulane, the poor performance from the Wildcats can be attributed to a, a big look ahead type spot uh, for Kansas state. And as Oklahoma was able to really get out and flex its muscles against Nebraska, I think they're going to find that Kansas state is going to do the Kansas state game plan and play extremely slow, play ball control, try to get the offense from try to prevent the offense from getting into a rhythm Oklahoma's defense is playing much, much better. Uh, but ultimately, I think Colin Klein's got the game plan so that this one ends up sweating. And vibes, uh, it is the 8 p.m. Fox kickoff. I just don't see it being a celebratory atmosphere. You know, I just, I, I need to see Brent sweat. I need to see the get back man having to pull him back as he's getting really mad about uh, a big call. I just, I think that as we get into the second half, this is going to be where the Sooners start to, start to really get a, a test and I think it comes from Kansas State. So give me Kansas State plus the 13. Fight. Yes. As much 
Fight! 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 I can get 12, obviously. So we, we actually could we, we, we could side this if you have 13, I have 12. Chip, uh, what's your favorite Adrian Martinez passing game so far this year? Is it 11 of 15 for 53 yards against South Dakota or uh, 9 of 20 for 101 yards against Missouri or 21 of 31, sounds good, for 150 yards against Tulane? Oh, it was 9 of 20. Okay, that's, yeah. that's all you needed to be able to win 40 to 12 against an SEC team. So as long as Brady Cook transfers to Oklahoma before this game and throws four picks in his own end, I feel great about Chip's pick. Right. Absent that, I feel great about my pick. I love Oklahoma's safeties. I think they're really good. I think that they are uniquely positioned to corral this quarterback-based run game and to handle Deuce Vaughn. And I think Oklahoma running this Baylor-style offense is pretty good to score you know, 35 here. So just based on poor field position created by the fact that Kansas State's passing offense is hot garbage, in my opinion. I'll be betting against Adrian Martinez and this Kansas State offseason hype until they actually show they can move the football through the air. So I'm fighting it. Sweet. Tom, you got any read on this game? No. I would probably go Oklahoma, though. Tar Heels, minus a point and a half. Look, they were off last week. This Homer. is the game that even going into Homer. the season was circled. And the, the same people who helped pass the hat around to get Larry Fedora out the paint and create the return of the Mac. They've always circled this game, and Mac knows it. Mac knows that you can lose on the road on the ACC network when these same people are on a golf trip to Sea Island or maybe out there at Pebble Beach. You can lose that game. But when they've invited their most important friends to come and fill out the, the Pope box, the Blue Zone, all those new fancy VIP environments that they've created, especially when you've got this weakened Notre Dame team, don't lose this game. Come on, Mac. You know, better not lose this game. This, would, this Notre Dame team might finish the season five and seven. You don't lose this game. Beating Notre Dame to these ACC schools always holds a different weight because it's still Notre Dame. And if we actually have to look at you know the football side of this, I don't. I mean, do, who does Notre Dame have that you can compare to Drake May? UNC may have a Conference USA defense, but they've got an NFL draft pick quarterback. And when you need to go and make a play, the Tar Heels are going to be able to do it. So as they've had everything geared on winning this game, uh, I I think that the Tar Heels can get it done. You guys are getting Josh Downs back, right? The he's been out there getting work in. I, I don't have any uh, confirmation on it right now, but honestly, it's more about the way that they are utilizing those big inside receivers and tight ends like Nesbitt and the rest of those dudes. I, I think that Notre Dame is going to have some trouble with the size and athleticism in the middle of the field, even if they don't have downs there on the outside. Okay. I, I'm not going to fight you. I was close to. I've got another play in this game that I like better, though. I am taking the Notre Dame team total over 26 and a half because this is a team that desperately desperately needs to be able to score points just for their own psyche just to prove to themselves that they can and lo and behold by touchdown jesus's 
blessed fingers comes to town or they come to town facing a defense that if it does nothing else, it loves to allow points. So I think Notre Dame's going to have a get right game on offense, at least as right as that offense can get. And they will have their best performance of the season to this point. They will go over the 26 and a half. I don't hate that either, man. I think that's a pretty good play. Like UNC's defense is almost to the level where it doesn't matter the offense they play. They're just going to give up points <laughs> until we see that they don't. But you need 28 to win this game and 26 and a half. It's not quite 28. This is true. Uh, hey, just to answer a question in the chat. No, UConn first half team total under is not a lock for me because there's no line yet. Post a line, you cowards. So I can <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, not going to lock, but oh, I'm, anticipating, I'm anticipating it's going to be 0.5 and I will be betting that under in my personal life. Pretty hypocritical to call somebody else a coward when you guys won't take the under in Iowa Rutgers. I, I mean, do, do you want me to just hop on it now? I mean, you know, you know where I'm at with that game. Oh, really? I'm just saying you don't really seem to be on it. Like you say you're on it, but you know, words, actions. I don't know if you've heard sayings about those before. Like no, your no, actions speak so loud they can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, are you trying to peer pressure <laughs> me into a lock agreement? Is that what's happening saying, right now? Just just try it. Just I have been it. a victim of peer pressure so many times. I am an easy sell. Let's go. There we go. Throw it back on there. Let's go. I'm, 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 of course, it's going to be the most enjoyable experience to sweat this thing out. It's how you really find yourself. Like, forget Aaron Rodgers and his ayahuasca. Why don't you get the under in Iowa Rutgers? And that's a way that you can Iowa. cleanse out all your other selves. Ever done ayahuasca? Are, are we telling on ourselves here? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's you find you find your you, you take a trip inside your own mind and find out what you really are and what you're really about. And you speak to the universe and then you come out and you're immunized. That's right. How how would you do? I, 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 I'm not. This is a real thing. Like, how do we just oh, yeah. spell this? Oh, you didn't. Know, oh, OK. A-Y-U-H-U-A-S-C-A. Ayahuasca. And, and Aaron Rodgers does this? Man, yeah, Bud, this is Bud. Really, is only like college football. That man has four monitors. I try and, to go outside on Sundays, and none of them are tuned into the other sports world because uh, Aaron Rodgers is out here making arguments for ayahuasca and its benefits, um, and that those have become NFL headlines this week. But can we take EOC twenty four thing real quick and just address this public money nonsense? Sure. Yeah, what what's uh the eighty percent on Yeah, let's put it on the screen just right. so we can we can clip it. Hey guys, that is nonsense. Okay. First of all, you're trusting these books to put out real figures, which I don't believe they do. Number two, they don't actually give you the breakdown of when that money came in. For instance, you'll see all this stuff about how Oregon State has more money than in an NFL game. Well, yeah, because one book opened it at 13, which would seem like <laughs> almost so bad like it's a mistake. Of course, people are gonna unload on that as opposed to waiting later in the week. 80% of the money is not on North Carolina minus two where the line currently sits. This thing opened like North, Notre Dame two. So first of all, I don't really trust that kind of stuff. Number two, unless you're giving you breakdowns of where these games were bet at what number, it's completely worthless to you. The other thing is sometimes these books don't move the line because they don't want to get middled on it. So I, I would say if you're using that stuff in your handicapping, don't. If you're listening to a show that's, that's using that heavily in their handicapping, unsubscribe. To me, like I think that stuff is worthless, and it's just just it's a poor excuse for actually capping these games. Woo! Let's go, go, bud. 
All right, but I think what I'm if it wins. Are you going to feel dumb? I, I just, I'm, I'm just not. I'm like, I see this all the time. Oh, the public money. I'm like, no, they're, oh, they're really? They're not moving off three because they don't want to be holding minus two and a half and plus three and a half. You think like that's a good way to get fired as, as a risk manager. You'd rather just keep it two and a half. If you lose, you lose. Mm. Mm. Um, all right. I, I think I'm tapped out. Tom, you still got some left, right? I got a couple left. Uh, right, I'm going to fade a couple Mac teams and playing the SEC this week. I am taking. The Northern Illinois team total under 13 and a half against Kentucky. I just don't know how well they'll be able to move the ball against them. And then another one hurts my heart a little bit, but I'm taking the Kent State team total under eight and a half because I just don't trust Kent State's offensive line to be able to do anything against that Georgia defense. And Chip, like you mentioned, like Kirby at the end of that South Carolina game and how they're still going full out. I think that's just what Georgia does. I don't I think know. it matters to the other coaches. I think I mean we saw it against Oregon too when Kirby was celebrating the fourth down stop when they were up like 53 points at the time. It didn't mean anything, but he was thrilled. He was playing it like it was the first, you know, series of the game or like the game winning series. I just don't I, I think Kent State gets a touchdown. I think they're explosive on offense. They'll be able to find a mistake and exploit something and get some points on the board, but I don't think they're going to get much more than that. So Northern Illinois under 13 and a half, Kent State under eight and a half. Dig it. Bud, you got anything I have, left? Uh, yeah, is that, I, I have one or two left. I just want to make sure I give good numbers here because I, I do want our, our people to win. All right. Uh, I see a couple of these out there. Give me UNLV minus two and a half. Uh, Utah State lost to Weber State this weekend and got blitzed. It was like 35-7. I don't really know if their quarterback's healthy. The coach made some comments indicating they might have a quick trigger there. But one of their bestie tackles got a pick in the game, and he blew his ACL on the return. And UNLV just ran for like 300-something yards on North Texas. We know they're explosive through the air. I like how the run game's coming along. I think I'm laying points on the road with UNLV. That is kind of sicko mode, I guess, at the, in prior years. But UNLV might be getting so good that they're no longer sicko mode. Uh, yeah, after after putting it on, uh, after putting it on North Texas last week, I think we just have to enter the universe where UNLV is good. One hundred percent. The other thing here, I'm going to take Troy plus three and a half. So I like Troy's defense. They're actually getting back some guys they held out last week on defense. And Gunnar Watson is playing at a decent level uh, for them. So assuming John Summerall's team can get off the mat, and I, I think they're live to win the Sun Belt. Like if they rematch Troy, I don't think that was a fluke that they played that game really close. I mean, the, the Hail Mary at the end obviously is, is great for App and terrible for Troy. But I, I don't trust this Marshall team to lay points on the road. They seem very uh, inconsistent. And I'm also 0-2 betting either on or against Marshall this year. So, yeah, great. Give me Troy. All right, anything else before we get to the uh, the money line sprinkles? I'm good. All right, let's go to the big old cash register. Uh, Danny's money line sprinkles are. Ooh, he's going Notre Dame money line uh, plus one twelve. We got Texas Tech money line at Texas. Yeah, Texas favored by six and a half. Any any like quick thoughts or read on that game? Nobody's nobody's mentioned it yet. I don't like Donovan Smith in that offense after seeing what I saw against NC State. I know. I lean Texas, but I, I'm not going to trust Texas to go into Lubbock and fully live up to expectations. But if that game's played on a neutral, then I would take Texas minus six and a half. It's just only situational. That has me as a no play officially. 
Uh, Danny also taking Washington State plus uh, two twenty five against Oregon. Um, Tom, what are your money line sprinkles? Uh, I've got two. I am going to go with Arizona plus one forty five. Best win win team in the nation. They might be going over by October, just like Kansas did, and just like Vanderbilt did. Uh, and then my other one, I mentioned it, hinted at it earlier. Uh, I don't need the points. Just give me the Hawks. Arkansas plus one sixteen. I think they're going to win that game outright. I think they are the better team. Give me what are my prices that I'm going to be able to get uh, for? I, I'm also on uh, Arkansas and Arizona, but what price do I get for Missouri in Jordan Hare Stadium as the Alpha Nerd might? Listen, and this is also maybe a little bit of a uh, a life hedge here because, like, it would be nice to, you know, go one Sunday without an emergency podcast, right? You know, just, you just get out of the way. Just just, just one. <laughs> and no, it's like if, if Missouri wins and beats Auburn, then it probably leads to Brian Harson's firing. So if we have to do an emergency podcast on Sunday, at least I've won my money line sprinkle with Missouri. But ultimately, I mean – We've got no TJ Finley. We're going to Robbie Ashford. Maybe Zach Calzado will get off the milk carton just out of a, a necessity to be able to come in. But the, while the Tigers are not a team that are worth a lot of confidence, especially playing on the road, given the small sample size of what we've seen this year, I think Missouri is capable of being able to go in and win this game. And so at that kind of price, uh, I love it. Also, one more. Uh, what's the price I can get on Virginia Tech? Uh, probably like 125, I would think. I wrote them, in, I wrote up that preview. And uh, on Thursday night football, Virginia Tech is 23 and 10 in Lane Stadium. They are 13 and 5. It, it's just what they do. Uh, West Virginia's lost a couple close ones. That's kind of it might be in their DNA. Uh, so while the Hokies do not have anything offensively that should inspire confidence, they are very salty. Uh, against the run and good defensively up front. So give me Brent Pry getting a big win. Inner Sandman, uh, Virginia Tech, also on the money line Sprinkle. All right, I, I have four here. Um, I'll go quickly. Buffalo plus 200. Buffalo moved the ball quite a bit against Coastal last week and kind of screwed around uh, when it got into scoring territory. They had some chance to win the game and certainly had a chance uh, to cover it late. James Madison plus 225. By the way, Buffalo's playing at Eastern Michigan. They're coming off that huge win uh, late night in the desert. They lost one of their best defensive tackles. Their quarterback, if you look at the photo from the team plane landing, appears to be in a sling. So that's a real deep cut. If you listen to this podcast for an hour and 15 minutes, I guess you deserve <laughs> that deep cut. James Madison plus 225 at App. I don't know how good James Madison is. Okay. They've played nobody, but App, well, they've they don't crushed them. They have crushed him, and and middle and then middle who they crushed went and crushed Colorado State. But I really don't know how good they are. But I think they're better than this number. I, I think this number should start with a one, not a two. So I'm going to play it. Uh, Miami, Ohio, plus two fifty at Northwestern. Uh, now they're they're without Gabbert, but Northwestern might have some serious structural problems. Okay, and I'm not really a Helensky believer. I got a lot of crap for saying he wasn't a good quarterback after they torched Nebraska. Uh, post that though, not so much. Just waiting to hear from these seven Northwestern fans who are in my mentions. And I'm going to give you a big one. I think this is interesting. I like South Alabama in some of these games, but they're back-to-back travel off Central Michigan, off UCLA. 
They got some other big games coming up. They do allow explosive pass plays through the air. Louisiana Tech hits those explosive pass plays. Give me the Bulldogs plus 440 to bomb it on, on, on South Alabama and see if they can come out of there with the dove in Mobile. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. All right. Uh, to review, Tom is on Boise UTEP over 45 and a half, Michigan minus 16 and a half, the Florida Tennessee under 62 and a half, Kansas minus seven, the Notre Dame team total over 26 and a half, the Baylor Iowa State under 45 and a half, the Iowa Rutgers under 34 and a half, the Northern Illinois team total under 13 and a half, and the Kent State team total under eight and a half. Chips got. Clemson minus seven, Arkansas plus two and a half, USC minus five and a half, Ohio State minus 18 and a half, TCU minus two, Baylor, Iowa State under 45 and a half, Iowa Rutgers under 34 and a half, Kansas State plus 13, UNC minus one and a half, Washington minus 13 and a half. Danny's on the Wake Clemson under 55 and a half, Tennessee first quarter minus three and a half, Oregon, Washington State under 57 and a half, Wisconsin plus 19. SMU plus two and a half, Vandy plus 41, Florida State minus 17 and a half, Ole Miss Tulsa over 65, Buds got Clemson minus seven, Michigan minus 16 and a half, Oregon, Washington State under 57 and a half, Florida, Tennessee first half under 32, TCU minus two, Arkansas team total over 23, Virginia team total under 21 and a half, Oklahoma minus 12, the Old Dominion Arkansas State over 56 and a half. The Baylor team total under 21 and a half. UNLV minus two and a half and Troy plus three and a half. Lock agreements are Clemson minus seven. That is Chip and Bud. Michigan minus 16 and a half. That is Tom and Bud. Oregon Washington State under. That is Danny and Bud. Lock fight for Ohio State Wisconsin. Chip against Danny. Bar fight. With Chip and Bud going up against Danny, we are on TCU. He is on SMU. Lock agreement on Baylor Iowa State under. Lock agreement on Iowa Rutgers under. Those are both a Tom and Chip special. Then a lock fight, Chip and Bud on Kansas State and Oklahoma. Money line sprinkles. Tom's got Arizona and Arkansas. Chip's got Arizona, Arkansas, Missouri, and Virginia Tech. Danny's got Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Washington State. And Bud's got Buffalo, James Madison, Miami, Ohio, and Louisiana Tech. Woo! Busy, busy boy. Man, people people look at this college football site and they go, oh, I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. Oh, it's not a very good weekend. No. It's not our listeners. I, I think they appreciate the whole sport. That's, that is true. We, we, are, we, we don't panic if there's no great SEC matchup. We, we, we actually like other conferences and other, other sports. So I, I, I don't know. I, I love our listeners. You guys got us. Can we tell them? We've had the highest listenership we have ever had in a month, and it's only the morning of the 22nd. We appreciate you all so much. Tell your friends, like, and subscribe. You guys are great. And you you can follow him on Twitter at Fidelia3. You can follow him at Tom Fidelia. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.